We're kicking down this motherfucking door, and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that fucking chair's haunted. Then again, the internet always wins. The internet always wins. Searching around about uh, this dog I found. Let's be frank, there's piss on the floor. Okay, welcome, gentlemen, and uh, we are watching Little Dieter Needs to Fly. Uh, that was a really terrible uh, Herzog impression. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, we watched uh, Little Dieter Needs to Fly. Um, again, I'm always uh, welcomed by Christian and Mitch uh, along Hello. with me. Hello. <clears throat> um, so I have to tell you guys, uh, I read... Vietnam War prisoner uh, shot down Herzog. I'm like, okay, this is going to be some really heavy <laughs> shit. I sat mm-hmm. down with a cupcake to kind of brighten my mood. Yeah, balance it. That um, makes sense to watch it. Yeah. Um, I did not need the cupcake. I didn't. Is it because it was no. too traumatic? You needed no. two cupcakes. So let me let me kind of uh, lay it out flat here for you, fellas. <laughs> Flatter than yeah. an airplane hit in a cornfield. Gonna lay it out flat. A rice patty. A rice patty. Yeah. Rice patty. Damn. Um, okay. I'm I'm a Herzog fan. Mm-hmm. I I am. I enjoy his stuff uh, for the most part. Did not enjoy this. Oh really? Yeah. Didn't enjoy or just was not enticed as usual. I I think maybe I put this one up on a pedestal, knowing it was Herzog, mm-hmm. and okay. I was expecting a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't like, really, was it a compelling story? What it like, was pretty cool, but but was it compelling? Like, what uh, was compelling about it? I guess Little Dieter's dad wasn't a Nazi, but he <laughs> no. fought for them. Okay, like, he wasn't. I, I don't because it's funny. Like, I just thought it was funny that the picture that they show of his dad, he's in a German German uniform. And, like, I feel like he had the only German uniform in Germany that didn't have, like, Nazi insignia on it. Mm. So and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a funny picture. <laughs> let me, let me just lay that, this out for a second. So Christian and I were talking before. Um, the fact that he brought up that his grandfather was the only one in this village, uh, Wildberg, uh, Germany, that didn't vote for Hitler. Uh, I don't know if I believe that. Like, what, what are the odds that... One guy in the whole village had opposing views. There's a famous photo of a guy in like everyone doing the Hail Hitler, yeah. and this guy just sitting there like stone face. And maybe his, he was like, deaf. No, <laughs> no, he was like, I'm not, I'm not into this, and I right. think he survived. Mm-hmm. Right, but so it, it does happen, but it's also real nice and neat and clean to do after the fact. Yeah, so you're like, oh no, my grandpa. He voted. I still have his voting card. And you're like, what? What the fuck? Like, why would you have that? Yeah. So, like, I was saying to Christian, like, if it was a town of, like, 25 people, sure, I get it. Um, But, I mean, this was a fair... 24 other people would have just killed his grandpa. Because they would have been like, fuck you, dude. They they took him in a noose or something down the street, he said. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they dragged him. Yeah. Um, I found that hard to believe. They didn't kill him, right? 
No, I don't think so. Not too yeah, hard, so at least, because he has a kid. There's, there's other stories of, like, just normal citizens being like, I don't think Hitler's a cool guy. And then, boom, getting shot in the head. Right. So this story is, it's very, it's seeming just yeah. Smollettish. But like, where you're like, wait, dude, what's going on here? <laughs> Smollettish. I like that. Um, it sounds yeah. like a real word, like a real academic word. It could be. It could be. And And really, like... I understand this guy, you know, at 18 years old, left Germany, came to the States, no money, um, got into the Air Force. Pretty typical story. Really. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's even a, it's even a ver- seeing planes, like, for the first time. Like, yeah. There was at a point where everyone saw a plane for the first time. And and being, growing up in Germany during World War One or Two or whatever, I guess World War Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seeing the planes, yeah, sure, you have an affinity for planes. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's um, a weird thing, though, that, you, like, the allied planes that are coming and bombing the shit out of your village, you're like, oh, that would be cool to drive one of those. And, but, you, like, you run around as a kid, you're like, yeah, pretending to I'm shoot gonna your friends. I'm going to be one of them, and all the old people are like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. But, again, I, I, how much of that was um, fictionalized? I, yeah. Well, And we'll get into that, but, but yeah, I just don't find, like, okay, he, he, he joined the Air Force, became a pilot... Um, he was shot down. Um, he went to a prisoner of war camp, um, escaped once, got caught, escaped twice. It was a pretty harrowing journey. Mm. But we've all seen Rambo. Yeah, so I, I'm uh, Rambo's a little not a bit... documentary, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't 100 disagree with Tyler. I'm, I'm on his side of the fence for this, but I think that. For me, the remarkable part about this is uh, that he survived and is willing to tell the story, embellished here or there or not. If 50% of this is a lie, the other 50% that's true is still fucking bonkers. So, you know who has a very similar but way better story? John McCain. John McCain, (laughs) absolutely. I was dubious of my answer, but yeah. You know, I have a random fact about that. The lake that he got shot down in now is like an international tourist destination for couples and it's known as like a lake of like love and when it's in the winter time you go there and like skate around (laughs) so it like went from this american kid getting shot in and the villagers going in and beating the living fuck out of them (laughs) and full of john mccain 30 years later we're like this is love and peace gross here wow but yeah john mccain's stories fucking crazy yeah yeah um, so, like, he could have went home earlier and he's like no i'm not leaving my guys mm. so, so i guess like, like oh. i agree with tyler that this story on paper like the the, the datum that is this story is not a hundred percent remarkable what to me is remarkable is what herzog has done with this story and not in that sense the reenactments simply putting this shit on film that we've got Tales of Marco Polo, we've got tales of Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great. Uh, Mitch and I have been listening to an audiobook. Well, Mitch has listened to it, and I'm working my way through it, called A Land So Strange. Of uh, It's the story of a Spanish conquistador by the name of Cabeza de Vaca. And he, uh, along with a couple of other people, um, used to be about 325, 350 people on a couple of ships, get totally fucked up on the southern coast of the States, looking for Mexico or uh, is it like upper, upper Mexico, like basically Panama and uh, they just, they get shipwrecked and then they find themselves going the wrong direction. Anyways, 
they're on North American soil dealing with um, raw Native American tribes, well, Native, Native Indians, Aboriginal tribes, First Peoples. Doesn't even matter. Don't know what to call them anymore. All of the above. People who lived in the southern states in the 1500s. Anyways, we're past that now. Um, but they're there for eight fucking years. Everyone dies, and I think four people live. And like Tropic Thunder, like of those four people, two wrote accounts of what happened to them, and of those two, one survived. That's Cabeza de Vaca. Anyways, yeah. um, they were there for eight fucking years, and they were slaves, and they were emaciated. A lot of them fucking died, and a lot of them fucking ate each other. Not Cabeza de Vaca. He wasn't a fucking cannibal. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But like in, so they, they were there for eight years in way worse conditions. Like they had winter to deal with. Yeah. There was the monsoon season for this, this guy, uh, Dangler. But I guess what, so what is remarkable about, um, Alexander the Great is his massive trek across Mesopotamia. What is crazy about Marco Polo is his trek even fucking further into like the heart of Asia. What is remarkable about Cabeza de Vaca is their, excruciating experience on North American soil, completely alone at the bottom of society. You have to walk like crazy, crazy far. Yeah, like 4,000 miles or something because they just, they trekked for eight years trying to find wherever they were going and they just never got there. But then eventually they did. Anyways, yeah, like they, a crazy walking journey that puts Lord of the Rings to shame. And, um, worse conditions, I think too. They were slaves at some point. They were, uh, like shamans, like health medicine men, they were kind of seen as like gods. Uh, so like high and low, heaven and hell on earth at the same time, same people. So, but their accounts are increasingly third and fourth party uh, with Caesar and Alexander the Great and Marco Polo. And then it gets quite second hand account where Cabeza de Vaca writes down his story with mm-hmm. his own thoughts and words, embellishing stories here and there. Who really knows? Dangler's is also, I would consider, secondhand knowledge because he's remembering it. We don't have direct footage of his direct experience in Vietnam of these things he's telling us about. Right. So it's a version of secondhand knowledge. Um, but what is amazing is that when we read Cabeza de Vaca, it is simply text. It's just a book. You don't know what words he emphasized and what brought him to tears while he was writing it and what made him yeah. laugh. He can note these things, but... Maybe if it's too painful, he omits his emotions. He simply writes the facts down. Whereas with Dangler and what Herzog has done with him, his story is not particularly special. It's it's quite notable. But what is remarkable is that it exists in the format it does, which I think yeah. is the coolest thing about this. Yeah, That's like the... I know it's like we're talking about different shit, but that book um, with the old breed about the Marine who mm. like yeah. island hopped. And that's just straight up like his account. Like he'll be like... Tuesday, I looked over and then my buddy Jim got his head blown off. Right. And then we had to go do this. So yeah, same like, shit. Oh, yeah, he's not, you can, like, he's not embellishing shit. Yeah. Definitely. Cause there's no, like, political correctness that he's like, they, <laughs> yeah. they use different forms to identify the Japanese. Yeah. So you're like, oh, yeah, this, someone didn't come in and we're like, no, 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 you got to do this like this. Yeah. And there's so, other accounts too of, so like, so I guess what I'm saying is like Dengler's, Dengler's story is, just one of many or thousands, hundreds. Um, yeah, like I've heard just of like quite it. a few Vietnam, like down pilot stories yeah. that you're just like, holy shit. Like one guy was in communication with um, like a ship or something 
but they knew that the Viet Cong were intercepting their transmissions. So they, the Americans figured out that in code, they told this guy that like, all right, you're on the 18th hole at Augusta, Georgia. And the Viet Cong would be like, we don't know what the fuck this is. And the guy was an avid golfer. So they'd be like, okay, you got to go 200 yards or they just did it in code. And this guy in his mind was like, the jungle was a golf course. Hmm. And that's how he got out. See, that's pretty wild. Way better, like way more compelling story. Uh, you're, yeah, that's you're, a, biased. Yeah. you're biased. You're <laughs> biased. Also, my main question was: Do we know how many combat missions Dieter flew? Like was it, this his first? It sounded like it was his first. Yeah, so I, I think he's that good was, of a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, Dieter. You wanted to do this your whole life. Little you Dieter needs. Shot. Little Dieter needs to learn how to fly. Two hours into your goddamn mission. Like they're. So I, I don't know if you guys know the um, art collector. He's passed away now, uh, Forrest Fenn. No, I've never heard the name. So Forrest uh, uh, wrote a couple books um, in the 80s. He started collecting like uh, art and uh, um, indigenous uh, artifacts, stuff like that, and created a little bit of wealth. Mm. Um, had like an art gallery when he came back from Vietnam. He was a pilot. Oh, he collected in like Vietnamese indigenous no, artifacts? No, or? North American. Oh, okay. But he just took heads in Vietnam. Yeah, I was thinking, he, he, he had no no education because he went right into the Air yeah, Force. Right. Um, and he got shot down. I don't think he was ever captured, but he was rescued and stuff. But he came back and was like, well, shit, I don't know what I can do anymore. Like, I, I have no education. What, what am I going to do as a job? Mm. So he started learning about art and opened up his own art gallery and mm. became famous enough that JFK and stuff was, uh, or not JFK because he was probably dead at this point, but uh, the Ken- <laughs> the Kennedys. I like, didn't mean to laugh. Yeah, the Kennedy he was family. He down from heaven. Yeah. Like, oh, that guy's doing a good job. That's the Kennedy cool, family huh? had bought art from him and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, amassed cool. a, a, a wealth. And then in the 80s, found out he had, uh, I think it was colon cancer or something. Mm. And the doctor gave him like two months to live. And he's like, well, fuck. If I only have two months to live, I'm going to grab all my most precious treasures. I am going to walk up because he grew up uh, in the Rocky Mountains going there in the summers with his family. I'm going to walk up to my favorite spot. I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to die with my treasure. But he wrote a book with a poem. I, I own the book, Thrill of the Chase, with a poem with clues as to how to find him and the treasure. Holy shit. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, he didn't die. He, he, <laughs> Did he leave the treasure at the top of the mountain? He recovered from his cancer. And then in like 2008, he was like, you know what? I was going to do this when I thought I was going to die. It's kind of selfish of me not to do this now that I get a second chance of life. Mm. So as like an 85-year-old man, he does it again. He flew to uh, to wherever he hit it, um, drove, uh, he walked up to his favorite spot and put his treasure there and then walked out and left. But left his treasure, published this book, huh. and it was called The Thrill of Chase. So you could find, like, that story is a way better compelling story than Dieter Wait, Dengler. So... He walks Man. up the mountain with his treasure, sits down and says, Harumph, now I'm here. And then like a day and a half later, like he just gets really hungry and walks back. No, down. he knew because he was, he had B cancer. He wasn't going to die up there anymore. He was going to just leave the treasure for someone to find. Oh, but like 
he... That would be a fucked up story if he went up there and then just dies of hunger. No, no, I'm saying, like, how? why did he come back down the mountain? That was the plan. Because he oh, just put the treasure there. He was just depositing treasure, and he was planning on coming back down the mountain. Depositing treasure. After he beat the cancer, like, yeah. Yeah. But if if his oh. cancer had have gotten worse, he would have oh, gone, shit. gone up there. Right. Um, yep, I follow. I thought you meant his, that, like... He, like two days before it was the two month mark, he's like, "Oh, wait, I'm almost done." And like, I don't the think the go. doctors say you have two months to live. It's like to the day. Yeah, yeah. But maybe. But I like, imagine he. Super, that's a super yeah. good doctor if he just touches you and like. I imagined oh, it was like months. a version of suicide. He's like, "Well, I've yeah. only got two months, so I'm gonna go sit there now oh, and yeah. f- like waste away, and they'll find my bones and my treasures." Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, they- his idea was, like, oh. if he started getting weaker, he would. Go do this. Okay. But yeah, he, okay. he beat it and then was like, well, hmm. shit, I didn't die. You know, I wanted to do this when I thought I was going to die. Why don't I want to do this now? Mm. Let's do it. Yeah. So mm. he went and left it. Apparently, it's he just passed away not too long ago. Hmm. Apparently, it's been found, but nobody has known. The The finder has not come forward. Yeah. Well, it's just some random mountain. But, He's but like, was what like, the I fuck? would love it if it's just some hillbilly who was like blinged out but, yeah. in like moonshine. <laughs> but that's what, that's what Forrest said. He said, That'd be the, person, the person I want to find it is a rural poor family from Texas where this guy loads his six kids into the back of a pickup truck just drives into the wilderness to find this treasure. We're all right, kids. <laughs> yeah. We're either all going to die or we're going to be rich. That guy's yeah. a fucking idiot because yeah. no one from rural Texas is reading books. I mean, it's a pretty easy read. <laughs> okay. It's a pretty easy read. Fair enough. And you, you can, in audio form. You yeah. just sit back and listen. You can, oh, true. You, you can find the poem online. Um, oh, it's as like it's a long form poem. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, there's a long form poem at the front of the book. Right. And then like... It's like a autobiography about his life, like okay. But it's a it's a really easy read, like neat, yeah. As but much anyways. as we're like slightly talking shit on Dieter, yeah. Um, he did have like some kind of crazy things happen to him. Yeah, where, that, like, that's what I mean. Captured like, by the villager, and then the villager just like came out of nowhere and chopped his friend's head off. Well, yeah. no, it, that's like an oversimplification of it. The doctor, like. They walked up to this village, and obviously the villagers are scared of these American invaders. Well, they crawled, but yeah. Yeah, so... And a kid found them first, so obviously yeah. he's like, oh, white devil, and runs yeah. back. And Whoa, what was that? White <laughs> devil? Yeah, oh, and, that's what it sounded like. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously right. they're scared, and like he said um, he reached up or something, and like he swung, because... Like yeah, these villagers are yeah are scared. I, I assume it was rural Thailand where they were rural Laos, um, Laos, Laos, yes, yeah, Laos. Yeah, I think it's Laos. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I get it. Like mm-hmm. if and maybe they were Viet Cong um, adjacent. Uh, <laughs> adjacent. <laughs> they were Alt Cong. We what, call them now. Yeah. What What's the uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, sympathizers, sympathizers? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, you know, that. so yeah, I don't think it was just a happenstance. He just randomly swung and, and <laughs> they're just him. walking through the forest, and then it's the, yeah. Kong like, oh, look at that, swing, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah. like, and then a samurai came, and you're like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> so, but yeah, that was crazy. And then the story of the guy, the villager, wanting his wedding ring. Yeah. 
and then deep deep being all bummed out and then the vc being like what's wrong bud and then he explained why he was all bummed out and then the vc was like i'll i'll figure this out for you they go back to the town and then the vc guy cuts the guy's hand off and then just takes the hand and takes dd's ring off and mm. gives it back to him yeah so i would have been like oh we so, just we just developed a nice little friendship here like thanks so man did he really we, have it that bad is what i'm saying <laughs> so, yeah he I, just made it like yo we're homies for life bro you got my ring back i thought about this a little bit and this is a little bit of a scathing comment but whatever that Dieter's describing his version of hell on earth, which he jokingly, hopefully calls it the fun times, like the fun part of his life anyways. Um, but so he's describing like walking through the jungle with no shoes and eating rice and then eating a rat once and then eating a snake once and having little to no clean water. There's no air conditioning. You live in a mud hut with bamboo and you've got to start fires with this super primitive method but like that's how they like you get picked up by the helicopter and you go back home and you have a shower and you eat a big mac and you like i don't know like buy a hooker and then like go to las vegas and lose a thousand dollars and you get a sword gifted to you by the fucking conquistador of france or some crazy shit like you go back and like you open your refrigerator and grab a beer but the hell you're describing right now is life for vietnamese people like they live in yeah, like, grass oh, we, had a good, and we had a good time with this American guy. They, yeah, like he showed us some pretty neat stuff. Like, I don't know, like yeah, we card got tricks. Ring or, back. Why, I don't know why he was hating on us. He sang us like the guess who and whatnot. But like the, the hell that Dangler is describing is the life of the Vietnamese. So like, I'm on your side. I'm like, I don't know if this guy had it that fucking bad. <laughs> like it was obviously fucking terrible. But he's sort of just describing some lives still maybe today of Vietnamese people. And like, I don't know, like perspective. I'm not saying the sleeping conditions weren't great when they were all like tied up together. No, true. And like, I was good. I thought about this earlier and I was saying this to myself. I'm like his life as described was essentially a version of a life of a Vietnamese person minus Mm -hmm. the torture, like save the torture. You're just living as a Vietnamese person in the middle of a war. Like, it's not that bad. You got your ring back. You, like, I don't know, like, you tasted the dust. I don't know. It it seems terrible to say because the guy went through shit, but that shit was sort of just like the shit of his captors and the stuff that they were eating and going through as well. Like, they lived through the monsoon. They got bit by mosquitoes. Maybe not quite as viciously, but experiences similar nonetheless. Their yeah. houses got set on fire with like a trillion gallons of napalm. So like, mm, you win In some, Agent you lose Orange, some. Where like their kids had six arms. Yeah, that so kind of shit. Cool. So like, I don't know. Um, I thought it was weird that little Dieter was said that, oh, when I was in Vietnam, it never occurred to me that I was bombing people. When he grew up in bombed out fucking Germany. And he's like, oh, this is what war looks like. Like, I'm yeah. living in the aftermath of war. And then he goes to war and he's like, oh, I didn't know it would be. I thought I was just, I thought the Americans just went to this jungle and we had a war against trees. I was bombing a map. I was bombing. Yeah. And they're like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This is I a resource like, war. But his grandpa didn't vote for Hitler. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is all right. justified. Yeah. 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 And so I, yeah. I mean, the talent he grew up in does look pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it does. Tinseltown. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like always Christmas there, it looks like. I have a mild theory about this, and this is 100% tie size, so I'm going to mm-hmm. blame Tyler for all of these thoughts. But it's may, maybe his blacksmith mentor, um, teacher, like beat the emotional um, handling sector of his brain to death. So he oh, dealt with all this shit silly. and he's just like, oh, I can easily fly a plane. I'm not bombing real people. And like, I can survive being tortured and shit without mentally breaking. Like the thing that breaks people is the very thing that broke in him to be able to survive in the first place. Cause like Dur- yeah. Tyler mentioned this too, before we started that in his uh, press conferences back in 66, when he came back, like, yeah, he just seemed like he was shooting the shit. Yeah, he was just answering, like, post-game and, questions. Yeah, like, like oh, it was fuck? great. I was there for uh, six months. And sometimes, he has the weirdest accent. I don't yeah. understand it. Well, it's German, but, like, he just, but like, he answers. Sound German. Uh, it's because like, he's speaking American. It's German. German. American. With yeah. a little bit of Lau- Laotian yeah. in there. Yeah, you'd um, learn the language. But, like, yeah. he looked very healthy. In that press conference. I'm sure that that was months after. Like that wasn't like. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They let's don't get you shaved you and showered. Emaciated, because then the American public would be like, "We need to drop more fucking bombs. Yeah. Look at what they're doing to our boys." Yeah. But I'm pretty sure, like, they had John McCain, like, like, talking right after. Immediately after. I mean, I'm. I know well, that they yeah. would have video footage of that kind of shit, yeah. but that, would th- that wouldn't be public line. footage. That'd be an interesting timeline to see, like, if John McCain stuff came out before and then there was like such a backlash of like oh my god look at this so then they're kind of like whoa if we, next time we put this kid on like this uh repatriated person on tv they need to look healthy yeah let's wait two so weeks instead of one week yeah yeah just let's jack them with something pump them full of margarine yeah <laughs> margarine big yeah. max and coke yeah good old american trees snickers bars yeah it's it's tough to to not to sympathize. It's not tough to sympathize because any suffering is suffering that we can understand, but to the degree, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Yeah. It is pretty fucking remarkable what he yeah, went yeah. through for sure. And it, it put in, it puts into question in my mind, um, a, a really precarious place to be in that most people either way overestimate themselves. Cause there's guys down in the States and here in Canada too, pretty much worldwide who they're buying like a thousand pounds of rice and 200 pounds of honey and all this crazy shit. They're prepping and they go out to the gun range and they shoot with their fucking Confederate brethren. But when it comes down to it, like you get fucking captured by a Chinese brass taxes. <laughs> when it comes, when it comes down, to- down to brass taxes. Um, oh my God. Brass taxes is warfare. Is that what that is? I have no idea. Brass tax. Could uh, be. It might be. I, I shoot don't, you. I don't you know where me? that etymology comes from. Holy fuck! Do we have a guy in the computer? Like, yeah, I don't know. Brass has been around for a long ass time. <laughs> okay, we're not. Maybe it was like some shit where like brass was. I don't know. I'm not even gonna guess, but that's gonna go in our intro. Brass has been around for a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. almost like it's an element or something. It brass in your ass. It's not an element, but um, it put it put me in a weird position where you you have this imagination of yourself as either capable or incapable in this scenario or that scenario. And I think a lot of people um, exist in this strange limbo of capability where sometimes you imagine yourself to be way more than capable. You're like, Oh, I could easily sleep in my car for a night. Uh, What'd you find Tyler? Let me blow your fucking mind. (laughs) Okay. Oh shit. It's not brass taxes. 
It's brass tacks. T-A-C-K-S. Whoa. The correct saying is get down to brass tacks, not get down to brass tacks. Because it alluded to the actual brass headed nails, but the tax version may have a slang origin from the 19th century. The idiom is an excellent example of Cockney rhyming, slang that refers uh-huh. to facts. Tax rhymes with facts. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Good old English people being like, what's the word? Now yeah. we're going to say it this way. Yeah. So whimsical. All right. This yeah. is why you lost. Anyway. Um, so it, like when people imagine themselves being in a scenario and they like, Oh, the world comes to an end and I'm just going to survive in my fucking bunker. I'd be like, you maybe are overestimating yourself. And then there are people perhaps like Dangler and like Dwayne, his best friend who got his head, um, taken from him. Misplaced. His, his Misplaced. head divorced from his body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they had a dispute. Donated to the together. jungle. Yeah. yeah. It's an earthworm house now. Um, was that disrespectful? No. We're moving on. Yeah. Um, no. There's probably a cool tree that grows there now. That's true. He too. bombed Vietnamese children. It's okay. Yeah, that's fair game. Croatian. Yeah. When it comes down to brass tacks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The brass Oh, well, they facts. got the tasks done. Um, and then there are people who maybe in like Dangler and Duane's situation where you underestimate yourself, where you're like, I'm, I, I've got to escape, but like the likelihood, I'm not even going to go there because the fucking odds are way against me but I got to try like there's you're in a weird position where you, you really make a judgment and nine times out of 10, you're fucking wrong that I'm overestimating myself right now and I fail or I'm underestimating and I become a legend. And it's just, I think a lot of people exist in this strange limbo that can only be really received and it sinks in after the fact that you Mm. You're on the 401 and you you evade an accident or some crazy shit or the, a group of people collectively make their best choices, risk assessment, and you don't get into an accident that day. But if you were to read that on paper or you were to have some like foreknowledged God or like some om- omniscient present thing say there's going to be a potential accident. Excuse me. Holy fuck. I'm talking about God and I'm belching. Um, that's evil. Uh, later today... Um, Okay, Mr. Durst. Do do your <laughs> do your yeah, best to survive. You're like, oh, oh, fuck, and like maybe you'd get scared, or maybe you'd be like, ah, I've been in fucking plenty of close calls, and it doesn't matter to me at all. Like you pull a fucking Chip Chipperson thing, fuck you, Chip, and you you okay. overestimate yourself or you underestimate yourself, and you're you're rarely ever correct about your estimation one way or another. But it leaves you in a strange place where like you don't know what you're fucking capable of. Unless you've been through some shit and then you yeah. know, or you're dead and it doesn't matter. Like Dwayne, really good at surviving in POW camps and crawling through the forest. Not so good at surviving, getting his head cut off. Well, that's well, where his estimation are, ends. I mean, I'm, I'm fantastic at it. Yeah. Me yeah. too. So far. Like yeah. I'm pretty good at most things apparently, except for, I don't know, like speaking publicly and even privately on the internet. You think you could be a fighter pilot? No, but I there I go. Like if I, could. Exactly. It's a good question, though. Like, if you were to really put your nose at the grindstone and try and do something, there's there's a chance that you are going to be quite successful. Like, if Tyler wants to become a blacksmith, or Mitch wants to become a chef, or I want to become a fighter fighter pilot, who's to fucking say? Like, you you don't really know unless it's in retrospect. I don't like getting that dirty. No. Yeah. Well, you might learn. I don't know. Let me punch you upside the head a couple of times. I don't know. Wage war against your nation. 
then we'll find out. But it just, it, that's, it struck me in that documentary that, um, in, in really extreme circumstances is where you find your limit. And sometimes you survive and sometimes you don't, or sometimes it's a benign limit that was really not life risking, but a limit nonetheless of like patience or you loyalty. Think, um, Herzog did this because he Dietz was German. 50%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say 82. 82. Because of like the stories that we're saying with like John McCain and like Oliver Stone was in Vietnam. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He wasn't captured, but like he's seen combat and. He went on to do some pretty cool stuff. So, like, that would be a neat documentary. Yeah. Like, Forrest Gump is a way better story than this. Yeah, again, <laughs> Forrest Gump is not a documentary. Yeah. But no, maybe lies, for, lies. I think Forrest and Rambo were in the same battalion in yeah. Vietnam, actually. Yeah, for sure. They it was Rambo together. who bit his butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that little boy is pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it just wasn't my favorite. I was, I, so I went in the opposite way that I didn't put this on a pedestal. I like threw it in the cellar. I'm like, fuck Herzog. And it sort of surprised me. I, I had a good time. I really did. I didn't go in being like, fuck Herzog for sure. But like, I don't know. We've watched a handful of his films now and his support for like, um, that doc, the act of killing. That was pretty Mm -hmm. fucking weird. And on paper, this one looks really similar. They take some kind of war, um, individual or a participant yeah. and you take them back to the scene and you get them to reenact their shit with locals. You'd be like, that sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. Who needs this? Nobody. But the way that, that scene, this played out was a little bit more appropriate than uh, the yeah. act of killing. That scene when um, he got tied up again and he's like, Oh, this is, this is feeling weird. Yeah. And be like, Oh, the PSD, <laughs> uh, the PTSD is coming back. Yeah. He said, yeah, th- this is starting to feel real. Yeah, a little close to home. Yeah, yeah. He says a little close to home. How do you think? I that, just wanted uh, one of the Vietnamese guys or the Laotian guys to just to like punch him a little bit, just to be like, "Oh, I thought we were, I thought we were doing this." Yeah, you got dental, right? Yeah. yeah, I thought the same thing. That it was, it verged on being disturbing or just a little bit strange to look at when uh, Dangler put his hands together like he was tied, and when he was stealing that uh, cosmetic mirror from his captor's pocket and he used to put his arms over their shoulder and like fish around in the tobacco pouch and he stole the mirror one time successfully he got it um i thought that that was pretty strange his little miniature reenactment of that he's like oh and it was just like this and he crossed his arms and he he almost put that fucking laotian guy in a headlock and the laotian guy's just like he's not smiling he's not like oh haha yeah dangler let's go have a beer after this he's like what the fuck is this because like they don't they don't, I'm assuming this might have been unfair, but like I'm assuming they don't speak awesome English. So the rapidity of uh, Dengler's speech and plus the camera is probably a little bit jarring. And then yeah. Dengler sneaks up behind him kind of and just throws his hands around. He's like, uh, is this like a ransom video that we're filming? And it just begun. And I don't know. It just it seemed kind of strange, that kind of reenactment. And I know we touched on the sword a little bit, but like. What was the significance of sort of him and uh, J. Edgar Hoover getting them? Yeah, I don't. I can't remember where the sword comes from. Yeah, they were, they were it was a boyfriends. gift. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was given to him by like some yeah. government uh, official. But why him yeah. and J. Edgar Hoover? Like, yeah, I don't know. They seem like very different. Uh, <laughs> what about John McCain? <laughs> yeah, they should have yeah. forged a new one. He's a blacksmith. Yeah. He should have been like, oh, I'll split it with you. Maybe that's why he got it, because he's a black, a black, but I don't know. 
but yeah that 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 was weird yeah hey he's got a really nice fucking house though like it's yeah it's pretty cool my brother's going through uh, to be an architect and it, he's talked a lot about how the design and form and space use within your home and your environment deeply affects your psychology and consciousness and how you approach the world dangler is on the other side of that and he's like i fucking know what's in my head right now and i know what i need we've discovered just ahead of us actually recording that some of the events and assertions made by either dangler or through the actual truth telling image storytelling of the documentary uh were fallacious like they're not true they were they were fictionalized they were emphasized uh, like, for some kind of like his obsessive obsessive compulsiveness to open and close the door. Correct. Yeah, that was that was. Wait, that's not real. No, Herzog made that up. And what the fuck? Yeah, told Dangler to do it because this would be like, it would be more um, like sympathetic. Sympath- it would be sympathetic. Yeah, it would See? build sympathy. Total utter bullshit. Yeah, this is basically Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. No, and a couple of Dude, other if things. If went blackface, I would have been like, oh, <laughs> shit. Holy fuck. This yeah. got real. He's like, this is the only way we could get out of the jungle. Yeah. Like, yeah all right, dude. I have so a hard time being. Tell yourself. I have a hard time being me anymore, yeah. so. Okay, I get that you had to escape the jungle, but then you did, like, menstrual shows all the way through the jungle <laughs> to get out. What like, the What hell? were you doing? I don't believe that. You pretended to be a panda? <laughs> um, you know, so a lot, a lot of, not a lot, I guess I should say, but, um, uh, a handful of things in this documentary were fictionalized. They were to emphasize other smaller truths. The opening scene, um, isn't that like telling a little bit about Herzog's storytelling abilities is that the very first thing he shows you fake, they don't like Dengler has no interest in tattoos and especially that fucking tattoo. And, I don't even, oh. yeah, it doesn't, we don't want to get into the fictional. So he just walked into a tattoo shop to berate a tattoo artist that was like, all right, man. No, Herzog thought it would be an interesting poetic device for his storytelling for oh. Dengler to walk in and have this harrowing tattoo of his vision of God and the end of the world and death and all this. But then to be like, oh, I didn't picture the end of the world as death. I pictured it as an angel. And then it cuts yeah. to the rest of the story. Little Dieter in Germany, I think it cut straight to, but, um, yeah. So yeah. like a lot of, a lot, I'm just, fuck it, um, has been fictionalized within this documentary to emphasize the truth superficially, well, Herzog God. says. This is all coming from, I think his name is Paul Cronin. Uh, he did a book called Herzog on Herzog, and it's Werner Herzog being interviewed by Paul Cronin, the author, about Herzog's um, filmography. And his style and choices and whatnot. So, so as yeah. Imagine Dieter's cool. name was Phil. Like, <laughs> Not even Phil, German. Little Phil needs to fly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it just doesn't have the same title to it. No, it little doesn't. Phil. Yeah. Little Frank. Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Wee, Wee Willie needs to learn how to fly. Ah. His two-hour career was shot down pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. All that. That's- it's like an NFL career. He worked his whole life, and then he got two hours, and then they just <laughs> blew out his leg, and he's done. They didn't even pay him. God damn. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. And he didn't hide a treasure. No, Loser. that's true. Yeah. yeah. I I would recommend this documentary. I yeah. would. I would recommend it um, with the to, qualification to that German some people? Of, no. Mm-hmm. Silauschen people. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good thing for them, because... 
they got a spotty history. So this is a thing that happened in the past that's a little bit more uplifting. It doesn't yeah. put them in such a bad light. It just, I guess, like to bring it back again to um, like a bit of exploitation, like the act of killing. He takes Dangler, Herzog takes Dangler back to Laos and finds mm. local people, how, how they made their choice about those particular people that appear on film. Who knows? I have mm. no idea. Maybe they did it in a couple of different villages and whoever looked the most despotic was the one that they chose or the most destitute. I wonder what, what the first doc is to do that. Like to like, if like, I can't think of a doc where like, to I'm go just, back to the an scene. Example, like, yeah. Like someone that was in like doc how as a kid mm. and then they like went there as an adult mm. or like some, like, I, I don't know. I don't even I've know heard how stories you find of, like, guys that served in the second world war, like going back like years later, but right. it's more like a ceremonial thing. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I yeah, guess what constitutes and then to like, reenact, like they go there and just like, oh, this is the holy ground. And then just like, hey, let's go there and then recreate the battle. <laughs> They're like, that's a completely different thing. Like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I thought that it was it was a little bit um, exploitative, mm-hmm. which we could talk about probably to the end of time to the Laotian people that. Um, like let's let's go back and use them as props to describe how terrible they were to this individual, but then also yeah. how we literally flattened their country. So like, yep. double wrong. Like I don't know. Like one guy got tortured, and these this whole nation got fucking decimated. And let's go back and yeah. focus in on this one guy who was white European male. Um, and how, how hard his time was. Like, I don't know. Like, what about all the people who he fucking killed? Like he said, he mowed down like five guys with a machine gun. Let's talk to their grandparents or their grandkids. And yeah, not their grandparents, their grandkids, probably the only ones available for an interview. But, um, like it's, I guess it just, it seems one-sided. It's, it tries to put itself off as like a, a real life action story, like real life Rambo. And yeah. you're like, I, there's like, there's a whole other side of this that we're just kind of glossing over. Yeah. And we went yeah. back to the scene of the crime, but the crime has been accidentally reversed. And we're looking at the criminal and how hard it was for him to exist as a criminal in a country that <laughs> was being fucking invaded and destroyed for political yeah, very, views. Very few people, if they're like that with documentaries that I've seen, or like even with like books that ever like people that have gone to war, very few are like, oh man, like in detail telling, yeah. killing someone on like the way that he did. Like yeah. it's usually like, oh man, I fucking took this person's life. And then I look and like this person was younger than me. Right. And you're like, oh fuck, like that fucked with me my whole life. Not like, oh, I picked up this machine gun and then there was five guys coming and I just lit them up yeah. and then they were all dead. And then I looked over and was like, fuck, yeah. How that the was fuck did I cool. do that? Isn't and I high five <laughs> the air. Yeah. And then I shot a bullet up in the air. And yeah. you're like, wait, what? Like, you're, you would be like a thousand yard stare. You're like, oh, fuck, there was five guys coming and I had to do something. Yeah. Oh, it was either me or these five and I had to shoot them. So yeah, that like, is, oh, that, yeah. that brings up like another point about some of the fictionalized um, aspects to this documentary that Herzog notes to his biographer um, that they, for this project in particular, they, they figured out the core story and then had 
uh, Dieter Dengler go through it scripted and orchestrated uh, and maybe a little bit um, reinvigorated. So okay. like his energy to this, I think may have been coming from a well of depersonalization. Like this was an objective stance to a story yeah. that okay. he and his imagination may have. Yeah. So he's um, like telling a third person. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah, yeah. like he's telling a story about someone else just in an so effort the, to yeah. embellish it. Knowing, knowing that fact makes it, that like, all right, he's not completely crazy. That he just off yeah. the shoulder, like, just was like, yeah, this is how I killed five people. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, it, it never gets into the detail I think necessary to make any claim about the documentary and how yeah. fictionalized it is. But Herzog does say that it was, it was scripted to a pretty high degree and it was orchestrated to a relatively high degree. Like, he was oh, asked to act himself on screen and that's mm -hmm. i don't know a year or two ago i would have been like nope not a documentary it's officially not a documentary but it's it's still i think a, a documentary in a sense of that it's a valuable story even if some of it isn't true right it mm -hmm. describes then aspects of multiple true stories because maybe his friend's head didn't get cut off but another guy who didn't get to tell his story his friend got his head cut off so it's this is like a mosaic of terrible experiences that someone could have endured, whether all of these experiences were endured by this particular person is up for debate. But did any of these things ever happen to anyone alone and individually? Sure. I'm sure someone did get their head cut off in front of their friends. And I'm sure someone did have to, to steal the shoe off their dead body and bail on a raft over a waterfall. Like these are all things that could have happened to anybody but did they all happen to one guy? I would I would be skeptical for sure. But is it a documentary? I guess in a in a small sense, yeah, it's a historical narrative. Imagine if uh, Dieter's recounting everything and like like Mitch said, he was talking about how he killed these five guys because they're coming at him, and then he's just like puts out like taglines for movies, like yeah, I shot them all. And then it was like yippee kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> he's got this. And then we were like, like, wait, the, was that diehard? like the american military report was they're like yeah but they were like five kids and they were like throwing marbles at you like you didn't have to fucking unload your m16 into them he was so scared though and, yeah. and then i was going they were to, three feet tall i thought they were little men then i was going down the river uh on the raft and when i bailed off the raft i came across the shore and there was a guy standing there with a with a violin or not a violin uh, a banjo and he started mm. going dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah. And then I looked over and saw KFC, and I was like, well, I'll be goddamn. My dad didn't vote for KFC. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I told that Luatian, hey, my grandfather <laughs> didn't vote for Hitler. So I'm going to fucking kill you for that reason. <laughs> yeah. He's blaming his everything on his dad, oh. his granddad. But yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, they're like, yeah, we're in the river, and we got attacked by alligators. And they're like, dude, there's the alligators aren't in that area of the mm -hmm. world. Or like, ah, oh, there was these things called like river sharks, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I killed them all, so you can't find them anymore. Yeah, but. yeah. I <laughs> had an eel fly up my or swim my ass. <laughs> That's when they jump off the raft. Grab me! I just shocked them. I was a superhero in the jungle <laughs> with this eel up my ass. Holy fuck! And like, he's got a tail and everything, but it's <laughs> <laughs> eel. <laughs> this is That's terrible. How we got out. We've officially crashed in the jungle. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, no, I, I could never care to watch this again. No, no. Mm -hmm. 
That's amazing though for a Vietnam docs because you could watch a good Vietnam doc and then be like, all right, here's one that is like, it's really shitty. He was in in the theater of Vietnam, but I mean, he kind of did some other stuff. Fuck. What was, uh, what was the doc that we watched a little while ago? And Herzog one about the, uh, about Kuwait. Uh, uh, Yes. Really. Oh yeah, with the oil. The guy well the guy was recounting how he wanted to become a pilot. Oh no. This was about mercenaries. Yes. This was um the Shadow Company. Shadow, Shadow Company. Company. Yeah. Exactly. That's the exact one. Yeah. The guy is telling his story about he how he was the the inspiration for um Medal of Honor or one of those for, uh no, um, Soldier of Fortune. Soldier of Fortune. Yeah. Um, how he was just like, no, like some of the crazy shit that you see in this video game and on the movies and shit is like, it's unrealistic. Nobody, no one person does this. Yeah. This is a superhero yeah. with a gun. Like, not real. This this is verging on that guy's account. Like, I feel like to get those two guys in a room, like, it would break out into a fucking civil war again. And then that, J- John takes him and rips his head off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Let's say that one more time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think if Werner Herzog was born a man, his name would have been Werner Hizog? Or a a woman? That's his sister. (laughs) Werner (laughs) Hizog. Burr. Burr. He makes pictures of the village that they grew up in still. Still. I didn't think that village was still standing. Um, they rebuilt it. Had like you Dee Dee's seen, place. Had they you rebuilt. seen this before, Mitch? No. What I didn't did even th- know about it. What did you think of it? Oh, uh, it was interesting, but like knowing the facts that a lot of shit was made up and then the things that he said of like I didn't realize war was going to be like that and like dude, you grew up in a fucking war zone. So that's kind of weird. And then, yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was interesting, but like I said, it would be just throw it with a bunch of other Vietnam documentaries just to get, like, to watch, like, the Ken Burns Vietnam. And then, like, all right, this is what's going on. Like, this is the whole theater. And then, like, a personalized story, I guess. So you're like, this is one guy's tale. Right, yeah. Let's get, like, big picture and then little picture. But then you just, yeah. And then, like, read a John McCain story, and you'll be like, oh, well, I mean, Didi, get your shit together. (laughs) Yeah. Old man John over here did some wild fucking shit. You could have taken Dwayne's head with you, but you yeah, didn't. like if you and John McCain were together, John McCain would have beat your ass in the jungle and been <laughs> like, "Fuck you, dude! You're a bitch! You're not even American." I I I don't ask just for this reason, but just because Herzog is like he's revered in the documentary world, and like we've watched a ton of his stuff, and we've had fifty fifty perspectives. Like uh, I've I've been, I feel like maybe more negative than positive and you guys have maybe been more negative or more positive than I've been um, Mm -hmm. positive, but I feel like this one's a bit of a table turner. I don't know why. Like I didn't, I didn't dislike it at all. Like it's, it's quite a fucking story, but it's, it sounds like from you guys, it's not, it's not the Herzog that you have loved before. No, like you can't always hit home runs. So cave of forgotten dreams. Fan fucking tastic. Yeah. It, I would agree. And it's about like a subject some people would find dry. It doesn't even move. No, like yeah, find dry. <laughs> but it's just crazy to think that some people would find that like not interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, dude, that's like, I don't even know how to explain what these paintings represent. Like, for sure. But I mean, I, I can probably pick, you know, 10 people in my everyday life that I would say, hey, man, I watched a documentary about cave paintings that are like 30,000 years old. And they're like, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I guess but so. but it was captivating. I, I loved it. I th- I thought it was great, and it, like it wasn't the most excitingly told uh, story. Like mm, it's yeah. just Werner or Werner um, narrating about these cave paintings. Yeah, that one was hard to to talk about because it feels yeah. like no matter how you describe it, you've done it a bit of an injustice. Sure, but yeah, I I liked this one. I would probably would you watch not. it again. Um, no. If he was being held in a prisoner of war camp, yeah, they forced him to. Yeah, then I would watch it for sure. They would force you to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> this is going to happen to you, man. What war? Whatever war you're going in, I want to go with you because that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, they've got like old projectors and everything. Yeah, <laughs> popcorn. Yeah, I don't no think butter, I would. But... Uh, I wouldn't oh, watch it again, but I wouldn't write it off for other people to watch. Yeah. Like something like the act of killing, I would tell anyone to their face this is garbage don't watch it but this no, one no, be no. Like, See, no 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 check no, it out no. you're fucking up kid you're fucking up what you're fucking up don't just say that tell me the act of killing is this is what history is when the the winner tells their story oh good Lord. and they think they've done nothing wrong dude yeah, i look no, at the act enough. of killing as like imagine they were Nazis. And this was a documentary that like Nazis won. And mm. they're like, this is the cool shit that we did. Yeah. Just change the names. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Russians were like, hey, check out the awesome stuff that we did in Poland after the Second World War. They'd be like, holy fuck. <laughs> you're supporting like, you're re- this? You're recreating the most fucked up shit. And yeah. they're like, oh, this was a great time. That's true. Yeah. So it's like, like little Dina needs to fly. It it holds a particular and certain perspective, but beyond that, not valuable. Not to me, at least. I mean, it's, it's, I guess that's why we're here and we're doing with three people is that we've got to disagree sometimes. Weird, weirdly enough, I feel like I, I liked this one more than you guys did, which is, I think, yeah, I I would agree with that. I've just seen other, like other Herzog docs, that and you're like yeah okay it's it's a lot better yeah i mean like life in the taiga life in the taiga was yep. super interesting see super i haven't seen good. that one yet oh no super yeah. good yeah grizzly man oh, oh i haven't seen grizzly man i've heard that's unintentional comedy ever <laughs> <laughs> so i've picked our our next uh documentary oh shit this one uh, i was originally gonna say i i think i i wish we had watched this one uh two or three years ago Oh, um, but uh, after reading the IMDb page, it's not the thing I thought it was. Thought? But this does um, feature someone from COVID fame. COVID fame. Yeah. What the fuck is COVID fame? Doctor Anthony oh, Fauci. Oh, neat. All right. Yeah. Oh, is this about all the cool shit he did with AIDS and those dogs? Yeah. <laughs> no way. It's is how to survive a plague. Oh. Yeah. It's about the AIDS epidemic. Oh, man. Um, the story of two two coalitions, ACT UP and TAG, Treatment Action Group, whose activism and... Tag, innov- AIDS got you. You're it. Whose activism and innovation turned AIDS from a death sentence into a manageable condition. 
to a wanted yeah. societal thing. So is does it simply feature Fauci or is he like a main? No, no. Fauci, he, Fauci was like the leading doctor. They oh, they interview him. Oh, cool. Like, I, yeah. And, All right. Neat. Yeah. So who who did this one? David France. David France. I've never yeah. never been there. He. I think he has. Did this one? He did Welcome to Chechnya. No. In 2020. Oh. The, de- doing. the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. What? I don't know who that is. Her death was more remarkable she, that it had to come first. I believe so, yeah. Martha P. Johnston. Probably died uh, young. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Awesome shitty European country was in the news today. <laughs> Trans motherfucking Nistria. Oh, Transnistria. For what? what the Hell fuck yeah. Is, what the, the fuck is Transnistria? The coolest place ever. Uh, it's like it's a country that's not officially a country right that a bunch of soviet like high military dudes went to and ran after the fall of the soviet union i and was like, gonna say i'm pretty good war, with- like yeah dude like fucking international war committees were gonna come after these guys and they're like oh peace we're gonna leave russia and then go to this little place called transnistria yeah. where like like no one officially recognizes it you can't get a passport if you're a citizen to leave. Yeah, like rocking <laughs> place. I feel like I'm pretty good with geography and European geography. I know all those small countries like San Marino, all those uh, little places. And I was like, "Fucking Transnistria! What? It sounds like a sounds like a uh, some kind of prescription medication for, for nasal." Uh, yeah, get your Transnistria. I don't think Pfizer owns it, but I think they're looking at buying it. Yeah. So it sounds like like a nasal spray. Oh yeah, I watched a doc a documentary on this place, and it is f- beyond fucked up. Let's go. So, yeah. Vacation. Let's go. We can live we can on probably go live on location in Transnistria. Yeah. <laughs> bang bang bang. Oh, we're all dead now. <laughs> Welcome to That's the end it. of the show. <laughs> Intro music, outro music. That's so what Transnistria called again. Hmm. What's that? What's the what's next one? one? Next week's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to survive a plague. Oh, come on. Okay. I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to tell me like what to do in a pandemic. And I'm Mm. like, oh, fuck. Like if swine flu transfers over to like the meerkats or something. Yes. You guys don't eat a lot of meerkats apparently. Uh, Yeah, I know I do. You do? Okay. Well, I mean, that should have like really hit home then. I had had octopus today. Good Lord. Yeah. Why? So good. (laughs) So good. Little suckers. What if people are good? Um, you become I mean, a master I chef. Heard, I have heard that once you have it, you're like, fuck, it's really hard to go back. <laughs> oh, man. So it has to be that good. Yeah, it's like heroin. Once, Maybe. Once you go Christian, you'll always be missing. Nah, I don't know. But See you all next week. Because it's like the body of Christ. So we got to pass. <laughs> yeah, true. He would He We're would taking, want you to enjoy it. I prefer crackers instead. Yeah. That's the body of Christ. Crackers. Oh, yeah. Like, um, put a little bit of cheese on that body. Ritz. Yeah. Or like a, like a buttercream cracker. Or what are we talking about? That's a Ritz. Ritz Rice crackers. If a saltine has no salt, is it an unsaltine or is it just a teen? Or it's just a teen. Whoa. Yeah. You can't put teens in your mouth, though. So be careful, boys. Well, it depends on where you are, I guess. I don't know. And cat. Yeah, that's a good idea. Outro music. Outro music. Fade up, please.
Um, so yeah, we'll be back uh, with uh, Dr. Fauci and the plague. Cool. That's what it should have been called. Fauci and the plague. Fauci and the plague. I'm just going to start a band. That's what we're called now. Fauci and the plague. Yeah. I'll look for you on CBC. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, I will see you next week. Um, Later. Yeah. Have fun. Peace in. <laughs> <laughs>